Hey, John, this has uh, been one of the more challenging podcasts that we've done uh, with Grant Bourne, uh, who's on a campaign uh, raising awareness about suicide in our country. And recently, of course, in the news uh, with Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, amongst others, um, this is really uh, pertinent information. Yeah, this is a somber one, you know, but uh, important. So I'm glad that we had this conversation with Grant. It was extremely moving, and, um, uh, and I think it's going to be really valuable for our listeners. I agree. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. Okay, and here we have Grant Bourne from the organization Ride Out of the Darkness, which is an American foundation for suicide prevention. Afternoon, Grant. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Today? Good, good afternoon, Grant. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a good, good time when I get to, you know, get out to more people without actually having to go there. So, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Well, you know, Grant, um, you know, we were talking just, you know, before the podcast kicked off here and and uh, this is an organization that's extremely important, I know, to you, but also to us as well. And we would love to learn, you know, how did the organization come into being? Well, I retired from the Marine Corps about uh, almost two years ago now. August will be two years. And, um, you know, I, I missed the road and I wanted a reason to go out and ride. And I picked a selfish reason at first. I was just going to go out and kind of, do some stuff that I decided against, uh, and I needed a, a good reason to leave my family. And then Chester Benningfield committed suicide. Uh, then another individual that, that close to me uh, committed suicide, and I, I realized, you know, I've struggled with suicide in the past. I've had family members, I've had multiple friends, military and not. Uh, so let's let's do that. Let's figure out what we can do. And, you know, eight months of planning, and then I got on the road January 1st, and now here we are. It's, what, May 2nd, uh, and we're, I'm trying to make as much impact as I can and um, just get the, the problem aware that pe- people don't realize that the suicide problem is what it is right now. Uh, it's a templating cause of death. So I literally, after, after kind of planning one ride and scrapping that, I literally woke up one day and it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks that, that let's make the world a better place and let's... Um, you know, figure out how to do that. So this is what I came up with, and this is this is what I'm doing. Um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has uh, the largest organization in the United States that deals with directly with suicide and suicide prevention. So they were a natural pick for me. Um, and then, like I said, I, I planned for about eight months, and, and now we're here. So now, Grant, <laughs> uh, tell us about Chester. I'm sorry, tell us about what? Tell us about Chester. Chester? Yes. You you, 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 you oh. mentioned you mentioned a moment ago, I had not read that, uh, 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 somebody had uh, committed suicide that was close to you? Oh, I'm sorry, Chester Benningfield. Yes. yes. So uh, he's the lead singer from Linker Park, um, you know, and their music has had an impact on my life. Music, um, music is a good way for us to, to sort out our problems, I think. And, it, and so when he died, I saw them live in 2001, uh, first actual concert I ever went to. And so when he died, 
it's kind of like, yet the music is still around with Lincoln Park and, and all the other side projects he did. But in the end, um, you know, how many more lives could he have impacted? How many more lives could Chris Cornell impacted? How many more lives could, um, you know, Robin Williams impacted? So, and then Vern, the actor who played Mini-Me, he just committed suicide not even what, about a week ago. And it's, it's like there's each one of those individuals was a positive influence in their own right, in their own way. And I know through laughter or sharing of music or, you know, whatever, they, they impacted my life positively. So how many more people's lives could they touch in a positive way if they had continued to fight their demons and fought what ails them? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that that's the, the, the um, you know, the stigma attached or the perception of the stigma is that we don't want to discuss it and it's well, it's organizations like like you're like you're uh, supporting that allow us to have those discussions with with folks and for this to come out into in, in, in for society to embrace the discussion um, more so than it, than it ever has um, are you feeling like uh, on the road are you encountering folks that that you that are you're you're uh, moving enough that they're able to talk with you um or email you or or tell us about that i i am i've had um quite a few email contacts or, or facebook or instagram contacts that come to me and say hey thank you for for helping bring this to light you know i didn't realize i had the problem i do or um you know you just the one post the one image that you put up made it easier for me to go to somebody and get help uh, you know, because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we all have problems and we all have our um, own issues to work through. And, and that there is, your circumstances and mine are totally different across the board from everyone on the world. And so the nation has this, uh, like you said, a stigma. And that's part of the AFSP's campaign right now is to break the stigma or in the stigma. That um, it's okay to talk about your issues. It's okay to not be okay. Like we all have issues, but if you just stew on them, it's not going to help anything. So some people, both in person and, and you know over the internet, one way or another, have, have reached out to me and, and either thanked me, said, "Hey, I went and got help because of you know something you said or something you posted." Um, and other people have have come up to me and said, "Hey, you're making it easier for other people to to get out there and talk about their issues." So. There is a positive impact in, in what I'm doing, but uh, what other people fail to realize is that it's not just me. I mean, I'm putting the images up and doing the miles and, and getting out and talking to people every time I get gas, but they don't realize how much of a, a key, you know, each individual following the Facebook page or even just getting on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's website and, and learning about the issues is helping to crack that stigma wide open and make people realize that, you know, this is something we can fix. This is something we can do better at. Grant, as I uh, read a little bit about your history, uh, I understand that you had almost 18 years of service. And first of all, thank you uh, from both John and I for yes, that service. You, um, I, I'm curious, what percentage of the people that you're encountering with this challenge are veterans? And um, I mean, are, do you feel uniquely uh, equipped to help veterans who are struggling with the issue? Um, you know, I'm going to kind of 
sidestep that question a little bit, but I'm going to answer it at the same time. The big thing is, is that I get asked often, are you doing this for vets? Is this a veteran ride? And the answer to that is no. If we're addressing suicide as a whole, we'll talk about how just over 20 vets a day commit suicide. Just over 17 uh, first responders, police, law enforcement, medical, uh, commit suicide per day. The, we'll talk about how the Native American population is skyrocketing right now and, and sadly that's fixable. But in the end, when anyone comes up to me, I don't often actually mention my military service um, because I don't want people there's a stigma with that too. When when you tell people you're a hundred percent disabled veteran, um, it's oh you know this or that or what happened or you know. And in the end, um, if a vet comes up to me and and mentions that they're in the military, yes, we'll connect on that level. And it it just does kind of break them out of the shell a little bit and make them realize that there's help out there. But other than the occasional mention here and there, I don't actually advertise that I retired out of the Marine Corps that often, just because I want people to see me as a more approachable person, which at six foot two and 220 pounds and a big old beard and a lot of hair, that's kind of hard to do sometimes. So I don't really want people to be focused on the fact that I was a vet. I want people to be focused on the suicide, the problem, and we can fix that more. So, but like I said, if, if somebody comes up to me and mentions that they were a vet and they did or didn't struggle or, or they, you know, lost fellow vets, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I don't usually advertise it. Interesting. So, Grant, when you're riding your motorcycle, um, do, you, do you find that a healing or therapeutic uh, process for you personally? Oh, 100%. And that's part of my yearn for being on the road or needing to be on the road um, is, you know, I, I looked at my girlfriend and was like, I, you know, I just gotten back from Sturgis like two, three weeks prior. And I was like, I need to go again. I need to get going. You know, um, I don't stress out that often and I handle my stress very well and it's good, but it still builds up. There's nothing we can do about that. That's life. And so my way of handling the stress is to get on a bike and ride. And I encourage everyone find your version of my motorcycle riding, whether it be painting or reading or whatever, but get out and be with people, enjoy the earth because it's going to heal you too, and and don't lock yourself in front of the TV. The cool thing for me is I've got five bikes I can jump on at any point, well, four of them because one's not running, but I can jump on four bikes at any one point and go for a ride. Everybody can't afford to do that. They don't have the time. You know, nobody has, not everybody has an understanding significant other that when they're like, hey, I'm going to get on a road for a year um, and this is what I'm going to do. They're not, you know, they're not always going to be supportive. But for me to be on a motorcycle is the most freeing, relaxing, enjoyable thing I can do. And it is, uh, it is the main reason that I don't have to take any medications and I only have to go see a counselor occasionally instead of on a routine basis. So it, it in, in essence, is my medicine. Well, that's fantastic, Grant. I'm wondering if you can, what, if you can articulate what it is exactly that happens to you in your mind um, or as you face your issues when you ride, what's different about about that for you? I mean, why why is it you suspect, or is it a mystery to you? No, it's it's, it's 
fairly clear to me. I know other people just say it's calming, and that's all they can understand. You know, that's all they know, and that's all they need to know. Um, the cool thing about being on a bike, I've got a headset. I'm on my Road King right now. I've got a 2018 Road King I built specifically for this trip. Um, Senna Bluetooth was awesome and gave me a, a headset that has a camera and a Shenzi. So I have constant ability as long as I have cell phone service to be able to talk on the phone. But the cool thing about the bike is that if I don't answer the phone or a text message or whatever, people know I'm on the bike. So there's that freedom right there. And then the fact that, you know, you can get places quicker, especially in Southern California where I live on a bike. So there's less stress with that. You you, you can take the long way and it's okay. You know, you're, you're, even if it's going to take you two hours longer, you take the back roads. And it's a it's an enjoyable ride. I mean, you you see everything there is out there to see. Um, it's just it's just freeing in every way possible to to me. Uh, and to get on a road and twist the throttle. I mean, obviously a motorcycle typically accelerates much faster than a car does. Um, but to get on a road and just hammer the throttle every now and then and bang through the curves is it's you don't have any worries. The only thing you have to worry about is. How much gas do I have? Let's go. So uh, it, you, you literally just leave your worries behind and whatever ails you behind for even if you're running down to the store for five or ten minutes. And sometimes that's all you need. Our, our or, friend. Like, like today, I'm going to go 500 and some miles today, hopefully. Uh, you know, I got a late start today, but it shit happens. And uh, that freedom is there for, for the entire time. And our friend uh, Joe Benning... Uh, Grant articulated that only what's in front of him is what's in front of him. You know, what's on the road in front of him is really that is all that is is in front of him. And I, I for whatever reason, that that um, meshes well with my thinking that when I ride my motorcycle, that's that's what's uh, freeing. That that's what the disconnect is 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 only what's in front of me. You know? Yeah, and I I can I mean that's I agree. 100%. That's another awesome way to look at it is that, you know, exactly what's in front of you, what's in front of you, and that, that's all you have to worry about right now. Um, and it's probably better that, you know, I'm not on the phone and, and worrying about that stuff. And that's part of why I don't, you know, I try not to answer while I'm on the bike. Um, because, like you said, it, this is your worry right now, is where you're going at this very moment. So, so Grant, you, you're, a, you're on a 100,000 mile journey. Where are you roughly mileage-wise on that journey, and where does it start and where does it end? Uh, it started in San Diego. I left January 1st, and uh, I started with 1,054 miles on a 2018 Road King, and I'm at 44,462, I think, is what it was this wow. when I got off the bike at the gas station. So by the time I get down to Pensacola, Harley-Davidson, or Harley-Davidson to Pensacola here tomorrow, uh, I'll get a 45,000-mile service for them. They've been really good to me. So that's, you know, I, I literally am going out of my way to have them do the service on my bike. Uh, and then I'm going to head down to Edinburgh, Texas. There's a um, AFSP ride at the American Legion in Edinburgh on Sunday. Uh, and so I should, by then I'll, I'll be at 46,000 miles or 45,000 miles on the trip, 46,000 on the bike. So, uh, the miles actually kind of stack up pretty quick. And 
at the same point, I'm trying to slow myself down a little bit because I'm, I'm averaging over 10,000 miles a month right now, So, which is good because when the trip ends, is hopefully going to be November. I'd like to go home for Thanksgiving and, and, and be done with the miles. Um, I don't think that this journey will ever actually stop for me. I think that I'll always be involved with the AFSP one way or another. Um, it's, it's impacted my life positively enough that I, I can say that I'm probably going to end up volunteering uh, a lot more with them just locally instead of nationally. So, Grant, if, if folks want to follow you along your journey and, and see some of the highlights that you're experiencing, what what's the best way for folks to do that? Are you doing Instagram, Facebook? What what are you? How are you delivering the information? Uh, I, so I do have Instagram and Facebook, and I do have a website, rideoutofthedarkness.com, all one word. Instagram is just at rideoutofthedarkness, all one word. Uh, and Facebook is facebook.com slash rideoutofthedarkness, all one word as well. Um, that's the best way to, to see some of the highlights of what I do and don't do and where I do go. Uh, another thing is, is when I post up, like I'm getting ready to post up this next week's or this next two weeks, um, routes, uh, up until the 16th, I'm going to get home on the 16th for an event on May 19th at Big Charlie Davidson, San Marcos, California. Um, that's the 16th annual May ride that does benefit the troops. So that'll be good. Uh, and then. You know, I'm going to be in Grand Canyon, Harley-Davidson on uh, the 12th, and I'll be at Edinburgh Ride on the 6th. So that's kind of one of my drawbacks right now is, is the route planning. Is I'm not able to plan in advance as much due to weather. This weather, as you guys know, being up in the New England area, it's it's been kind of crazy. Um, but even down in South was, was kind of crazy, too. So... I get my route posted up there every week or so and let people know the general areas where I'm going to be and the events that I am definitely going to be at. So that's the best way to follow along is, is really through social media. That's fantastic, Grant. So when you mentioned that when this journey comes to an end for you in November, uh, it, won't, it won't ever end. And that sort of led me to another question that I had for you. If you were if you were pondering future journeys um, down the road to, to draw attention either to this particular cause or to another cause that's near and dear to your heart, are you thinking along those lines or are you just taking it a step um, at a time? I am, and I, I always am. You know, even while I was in the middle of planning this, which like I said, there was, a, there was four months of planning a ride and then an additional four months of planning this ride. And... Um, I'm always planning something. I always want to better the world. I always want to better myself and the people around me. Um, and I have a few ideas of what I want to do. Um, we're going to be moving hopefully June of 2019 to the hope, hopefully the Phoenix area. And so that's going to kind of hinder what I'm able to do. I also made a, a promise to my girlfriend that in 2019 I will only go to Sturgis and I will only go to Arizona Bike Week. So, um, and I'm good with that. But at the same point, you know, it's, I'll, I'll still be riding. I just won't go on long trips. So there's there's going to be some challenges of, of how much time I have to be able to do stuff. We've got to get the property where we live ready to sell and, and stuff like that also. So uh, what I want 
want to do, like I said, I'll volunteer with the AFSP as much as I can. Um, but what I want to do is actually figure out a way to get some homeless vets off the street. I've got a few ideas and planning for that, but I need to strengthen some resources and, and get, get in touch with some companies and, and figure some stuff out before I can solidify any of that yet. So, well, first of all, kudos to thing. Kudos to your girlfriend for uh, for being so patient and letting you uh, get on these long journeys like that. Are you guys able to rendezvous at any point along the journey? Or um, I've been home a few times for, like, I was home, uh, I got home a month ago for my birthday. My birthday was on April 4th. Um, I was home for the kiddo's birthday or ninth birthday, and that was pretty awesome. I've been home, um, you know, a couple other times. They came up to the Coachella Valley Walk. Uh, the Out of the Darkness Watch in Coachella Valley, California. And then I had to go home and service the bike. And then when I was up at the Reno Watch, uh, just the end of the last month, I also had to go home and service the bike. So I'd be lying down, you know, I did a 600-mile day and serviced the bike, basically gave them all a hug and a kiss and got back on the road the very next morning. So uh, actually, no, I take that back. I stayed another day and did some yard work, and then I headed out to Pennsylvania. So, um you know, it's, it's been good. She's going to see me. There's a there's an Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk in uh, Houston. No, I'm sorry, in Dallas on June 2nd. And so her and the kiddo are going to come out, and uh, they're going to come out a couple days early and tour Dallas. So I'm going to arrive there a day early, and then the walk is on the night of the 2nd, and then I'll leave probably around noon on the 3rd. So we're, we're fitting time in. Uh, and we're making it happen. I haven't been on the road constantly, um, but, you know, it, it is a challenge and it is a stressor of when I do get to come home and how long I'm going to be home for. Um, but, you know, like I said, that's the, the, the awesome thing about her is she's an amazing woman and she's strong and, and so is a kiddo. And then, uh, I, I'm, I'm amazed that my ugly mug has a beautiful, amazing woman like her by my side and equal, you know. So I'm thankful for that. Well, Grant, uh, as as a fellow guy with a ugly mug and a and a, and a longstanding uh, relationship with a beautiful woman, I feel the same way. I, I don't understand it very often, but uh, if you saw Grant, if you saw Mark's mug, you'd understand <laughs> that uh, he is extremely lucky because I mean he is definitely hey not his is there's no reason that his significant other should. Well, definitely. Um, we like to call him Quasimodo behind his back. <laughs> not, not for nothing, Greg. Hey. But, uh, but John's no GQ guy himself over here. He ought to count his own blessings. Well, guys, <laughs> ride motorcycle and work at Harley. I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> so, Grant, I'll I, be, uh, I'll be up there in Laconia. So I'm gonna have to try and swing by Wilkins Harley Davidson and meet you guys in person. We would we would love that, Grant. If there's anything we can do on our end, uh, you know, servicing, anything that you need, uh, certainly keep us posted on that. Um, uh, I, I might be over to Laconia the second weekend uh, myself. But either way, I you know, one of the questions I have is uh, if somebody were listening to this and maybe having um, some suicidal thoughts, what would they where would they go? What would your what's what are some things that we can tell them or show them or or uh, for resources? You know, it the the best thing um, if somebody needs help right now, they can call the eight hundred number. 
uh, and that's 1-800-273-8255. Um, that number itself is the National Suicide Crisis Hotline. The part of the problem with that is it's, it's, it's gotten considerably better, but I have heard, unfortunately, way too many stories of people calling and getting told, you know, hang on a second and getting put on hold and, and being hung up on. Um, I think that part of our issues with, with our suicide problem in the nation is that we don't have as strong of a community. We have Instagram friends and Facebook friends, but we don't have real true friends as much as we used to, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. So if somebody needs help, they can go to any local medical facility and they will get help. They, they, they cannot be refused service. Uh, if they're a veteran, they can go to the VA. Um, you can call the number, but more importantly, reach out to that friend that you have even if you haven't talked to him in a while, and say, hey, just tell him, I'm not doing well, and this is what's going on. Um, the other half of that is if somebody calls us, we need to listen to understand, not listen to respond. You know, it, it's, there's, we have a listening problem in the nation also, and that part of that is, is that we'd rather just send a text message instead of call somebody. Um, so if somebody calls you and needs help, you know, make time for them. Listen to what's going on and listen to understand. But if, you know, if you need help, if anyone needs help, just find somebody that you trust enough and talk about it. Because sometimes literally all we need to do, and I've been in that situation too, where I've got a billion and one thoughts going in my head and my head is not on right. And I just need somebody to let me data dump everything I got. And majority of the time for me, that's, that's fixed it. And up until I bought a motorcycle, now I just go get on a motorcycle and ride. Yeah. Um, but, you know, really just talk to somebody about it. It doesn't matter who, as long as it's somebody you can trust with, with whatever the degree of the issue is and, and talk about it. it. It will get better. It's a temporary situation. There's no need to make a permanent uh, decision over a temporary situation. Right, that's excellent. That's sincerely excellent advice. And, uh, um, some some uh, simple means that we can all pay pay close attention to to help others and i, I appreciate that um we're, we're pushing on some time here it's gone by extremely quick is there anything on your end that, that uh, you want that maybe we didn't talk about that our listeners should be aware of um you know my biggest thing that i like to tell everybody is that no matter how bad life gets we are all loved okay and, and we can all be loving um we all have purpose and we all have value there's no one one life on this earth that's more valuable than another uh you know i'm looking at the statistics right now and up there in vermont you guys are in vermont correct yes yeah so up there in vermont in 2016 there were 103 suicides uh which ranks vermont 26th per capita in the nation so you guys are right in the middle, but it's uh, on average one person dies every four days, and it's the eighth leading cause of death for, for your state alone. So obviously there's a lot of people up there, um, per capita anyway, that, that are having issues. And, you know, we just need to talk to somebody and remember that we're loved. And we need to remember, too, I'm not one of those people that likes to point the finger at one person because I'm divorced twice, so I'll sit here and tell you that... Uh, my divorces are 50-50, my fault versus theirs. And most people won't do that. So when some, like I said earlier, when somebody comes to you and wants to talk, you need 
might not listen or respond. Um, but, you know, in the end, like I said, we're all valued, we all have love. I'm sorry, we're, we're all loved, we all have value, and we all have purpose. So go find your purpose and, and live your life. That's that's great advice. I appreciate that, Grant. Um, Mark, do you have anything else that you want to ask before we uh, before we sign off? No, nothing I want to ask, but just something I want to say, Grant. I'm blown away that you've taken um, a, a motorcycle, a vehicle that I see every day uh, and think of as a um, a sport utility thing, a, a motor a motorsport vehicle, and you've turned it into uh, a tool to heal and to help people. I I, I applaud you. That's uh, remarkable. And um, uh, you have my admiration. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.